On this show, we cover the biggest news stories, give our fact-based opinions, and we also interview many great people from all over the fruited plains. These are the stories and experiences that make up the fabric of this great country. This isn't just any show. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Welcome back to the Matt Chan Show. I'm rocking with Peter Moon here from Warren, Michigan. How are you doing, Peter? I'm good. So uh, let's get into it. I know the audience doesn't know who you are, so I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. So um, I used to write for a publication called The University Concern. started in um, the summer of 2018. Um, I was invited there by a person named Chad Quigley, and that was where I first really started getting my um, my name out there on, on the internet with um, the writing things. And uh, I came from a, cons- a conservative Christian home, I guess you could say is the best word for it. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm a legally blind individual, so that uh, adds into the whole idea of who I am. Um, but I guess I became a conservative during the 2016 election. Um, I was in high school my freshman year in 2015, and it really made me, what made me a conservative was how I saw everyone else in the school and how I, you know, some of them were political and the kids who were political were mostly left-leaning. Makes um, sense, yeah. <laughs> and, and most of the teachers as well. And so I think what that, that really pushed me was that idea of um, what we call counterculture um, kind of pushed me towards the right instead of going with everyone else on the left. Yeah, so you were you were different in opinion, and you didn't want to go with the status quo that we've seen, especially many universities and high schools across the country, as left-leaning ideologies and one-sided viewpoints, and, and you were pretty much like, I'm not going to buy into it, and it kind of pushed you into more conservative thinking, and, and you said 2016, everybody knows 2016 now, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and um, did you come out publicly when you became a conservative or were you kind of um, I know it's a it's a hard thing usually to be outspoken about being a conservative because the mob will come after you. Um, how was that like when you were finding your your footing? So what really made me um, hide my true beliefs was back then I wasn't really into the po- political side of things too much. I just knew you know, what was going on at that point politically. And, you know, I was really just more of an observer than anything else. And I remember what really pushed me out into publicly coming out of the political closet. Yeah, you can say say it. It's true. It's true. Um, Was I had a friend who was a Obama supporter, like full hardcore Obama supporter. And I kind of had some radical beliefs back then just because, you know, I was a dumb, I was a dumb kid. You know, I got my information from not the best sources and my opinion on Obama wasn't very favorable. And I, I guess what happened was one day I just told him, yeah, man, I support Trump. And he, he and a couple of other friends of mine 
were not very happy about that, hearing that. Isn't that crazy how your friends, some of your closest friends, you come out and support the president or somebody that's running for president, and then they're like, I don't want to be friends with you. So I bet that was pretty tough seeing your friends kind of go, oh, you're a Trump supporter, and that's a, yeah. that's a really tough thing. That didn't that didn't sever our friendship, but it was probably one of the embers that was thrown in there just that started the fire to yeah. burn it down, you might say. Yeah. So uh, and uh, and we and we've seen the last few years we've seen Trump supporters be mistreated everywhere and every on every social media platform and in the media we saw just the different things a Covington student that was pretty much thrashed in D.C. his whole thing and it was good to see that his the, the that when they sued CNN that he was able to get some money back from all that and pretty much the lies that are just spread. And um, so that's a little bit more on your background side. And so I know you, politics now, university conservative, what motivated you back then to do the university conservative? I know with Chad and now we have politics now coming about and it's starting to starting to get some uh, some traction here. Yeah. So the, the, pol the politics now, the university conservative story is actually kind of funny in several ways. So I um. Of course, I back then I had another Twitter account, same same handle as before, but I don't know why I deleted that one, but I did. Anyway, um, I got reached, I got uh, outreach from a account that was saying, "Hey, yeah, I, I run a website and blah blah blah." You know, I've I've seen spam accounts before, and that's what my original thought was. I'm like, "Oh, this is spam." So I'm, you know, I I like to uh, not greet them, but I like to um take them along, if you might say, bait them. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I entertained the, the idea, okay, maybe this guy's real. And I'm like, you know, yeah, 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 okay, that sounds interesting. A little more information. He kept giving me more and more. And I was like, at one at some point, I was like, I don't think this is a bot. <laughs> so, so that's how I was, um, I was recruited into the University Conservative. And... um uh, what happened was I met uh, several other people there. I met uh, Garrett Smith, uh -huh. um, James Parati, yep. if how you say his name correctly, <laughs> uh, Matt Zupan, uh, Chad, who I've, who I've already said, and a, a couple of other good dudes. And um, what we had going on was, was, I guess you could say something special. I always, I always told them, you know, if we, you know, stuck to what I uh, what you know god would want us to do we would probably succeed in what we were doing because mm -hmm. you know we weren't running anything that wasn't going what that was going against god's ideals you know that kind of yeah. idea and um that disbanded in around july august of 2019 maybe mm -hmm. it, it started in like i said summer of 2018 um yeah, and I, so, I think I remember some of that too because I was sort of involved with you guys. I know you, I think you reached out to me first, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." And I was like, "Writing," and I'm, I know I barely just wrote my first article just here a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Yeah. And I wasn't fairly confident in my writing ability then, and I was like, "I don't know if I want to be outspoken on my political views." Like you said, the political closet's a good way to phrase it, just because it's hard to be a conservative and be outspoken about it. And I remember there was this big merger with the new the new right network. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I remember the university conservative kind of it was kind of going in with them, and then that's kind of how everything. And then I never really heard much after that from the university conservative, and then until politics now happened. 
So yeah, what happened with that whole merger was as well. What I what I got from it was that they wanted us to become more professional, even though it wasn't a paid. It, none none of uh, of our positions were paid. Uh-huh. Um, we weren't getting any other than you know online name recognition. We weren't getting any other kind of perks from it. And it just doesn't seem like something that needs to be taken as a full-time job. Exactly. Me. So that's where, <clears throat> that's where a couple of our members, original members, jumped ship. And, and Matt Zapan told me he lost his um his not will, <laughs> his his urge to really write um, when that happened. It stopped. It stopped being fun. I'm, I would yeah. assume. Yeah. It it started to become a, a like a job and. And I was really excited when you guys you guys started politics now again because I know we have the different group chats and there was some communication and I'm I'm really excited because I know that he wants to start branching out and start doing the podcast and video scene so I'm looking forward to that. So how, yeah. do you feel politics now is in a good place going forward now that it's kind of reestablished its foundation not with the university conservatives like okay it's going to be clearly more of a conservative site but politics now I know when we had Matt Zapon on the show and he was talking about, hey, it's it's open to different viewpoints, and I think that's a that's a great thing. Um, what are your thoughts on moving forward with politics now? Yeah, I think that it's it's definitely like me and Matt were talking about it. We went over a couple names and everything, and what, what we both wanted this to be, you know, it was fine that conservatives and you know other people would write on there. That wasn't what we were worried about. It was how would other people see this website? You know, you'll you'll send a link to your you know, let's say Nana, and she's, you know, super liberal, Hillary Clinton, if she looks at, like, the URL and it says, the university conservative, she'll probably instantly think, this is from a conservative. I'm not going to read this because it doesn't agree with my viewpoint. You know, some people will do that. Yeah. And so we believed branching out like that was the best way to go forward where we wouldn't just immediately offend somebody with the name of the website. Believe it or not, can happen sometimes. Yep, and I know it's like I know there's there's a lot of like I know there was a soft launch and now it's starting to starting to get some traction, starting to get some viewers, and it's it's starting to build up. I know the the base has been getting better and better, and I think just with the political climate, it's just the most interesting time. I think that we have the ability to live in a time like this where it's just it's interesting the political climate now and how it's politics all the time now. So I think the name yeah. is very fitting when it's like politics now, and especially when we haven't had sports and all these different things. It's like everybody's a political analyst and you'd probably have to say that when you hop on Twitter and, and you're not, you're not a person that's afraid to go at somebody on Twitter. If, if that's not, if it's not truth or factual, and it's one of the things we try to promote on this show. And so, uh, what are your thoughts on the current political climate on Donald Trump's uh, reelection bid and, and Joe Biden? I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of that. We can kind of go anywhere. We're kind of spontaneous on this show and we can kind of go anywhere with that. You'd like. So in, um, I don't remember what exactly the months were, but I wrote a, when I wrote for the University of Concert, I wrote a series of um, articles called, I think it was Alternate Election 2016, where I basically went into what would have happened, in my mind, if Hillary or Bernie had won instead of Donald Trump. And in both scenarios, I had um, Donald Trump winning, you know, his 2020, and my reasoning for it was because the way that our, our society is going, especially with, you know, not, I'm not saying the liberal elite, but like the leftists, uh-huh. how they're taking over our campuses, our, 
sports or what have you. Basically, just throw a name in, and it's probably already being taken over. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It's it's going to force a lot of like when we had um, the counterculture back in the 1960s, where you know a bunch of conservative parents were like, "Hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this." And what did the kids do? I'm going to Woodstock, mom and dad. You can't stop yeah. me. Yep. So I think I think we're going to have that kind of political Woodstock, if you if you could say that, in in um the future. And I think doing like making everything political nowadays and and making everything fit one sort of narrative that certain groups want us to fit to will only accelerate that process. I agree with that. Yeah, and it's. It's such an interesting time. We've seen like the Black Lives Matter movement. Tucker Carlson came out and called it pretty much a political party at this point. They have demands. They have things that they want to change in policy. And really, there's no opposition. We've seen Republicans mostly silent on, on all of this currently. And the Democrats are back on the offensive. And I would say, like you said, I it's even the liberal elite. I'd say the leftists, the people that want to radically change the, the fundamentals of the United States and I think it's interesting that you wrote articles like, hey, if Hillary Clinton would have won, if Bernie Sanders would have won, and, and a lot of these Marxist ideals, and, and we're seeing it right now, I, I think you would have to agree that they're they're pitting us against each other in a lot of the stuff that we're seeing oh, in, definitely. in the news, and, and they're doing that, and that was, a, that was a Karl Marx principle. You get groups, you divide them up, and then you pit them against each other, and then they divide, and, and that's how you eventually, I know people have been talking about, they've been doing a lot of polling data on the potential of a civil war. I know what your thoughts are on that. I know we've. It, it seems like everybody's divided at the moment. I don't know what your thoughts are on some of that stuff coming out of the news recently. I know they've been doing a lot of polling. Yeah, I don't know exactly what I. I don't know exactly what to think on on the idea of a civil war. I think more likely a war would be more ready to break out in another nation mm-hmm. than in our nation because even though you know you see all these people, all police are resigning at record rates. Um, you know, uh, more and more kids are, are becoming leftists and all this other stuff. I believe that America is stronger than that at its base. I believe, I believe our so you know, too. constitution guarantees that we we stick together in the roughest times. So if, let's say tomorrow, God forbid, China were to declare war on the U.S., I think instantly reset some sort of of, you know, thing in our heads to where we're like, hey, that they're, they're, they're attacking not, you know, the whites or the blacks or the Asians or the trans or the gays or the lesbians. They're attacking us Americans. Uh-huh. And I think that would bring us more together than it would divide us. I, so, yeah, I think a war would probably break out in another nation first than, than it would here. Yeah, and I think, I think what people kind of leave out, I think, is what we see, like, when you say when there's one narrative and that's the only narrative that we're seeing out in our media, it's, it's really tough, like, getting those conservative ideas out there when you have one one party and one kind of idea. And like you said, we see it. There's something in every type of our society that's probably been that's been taken over, at least it's getting pursued in like our education system. And that's something that I kind of want to go into is the education because I think education is vital. And yeah. and when you when you start kids young on a lot of these ideals, you're it's it's not it's not good. There's this brainwashing and you're getting them to believe. And I think schools are teaching kids what they're supposed to believe this is what you're supposed to believe this is fact but school's not supposed to be about that school's about 
how to think, how to have your own opinion, individual liberties, things that the country wants you to the pursuit of, of life, liberty, and, ha and and the pursuit of happiness. And, and we're not seeing that now. And it's quite sad um, to see yeah. that. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Peter, I don't know if you uh, had any thoughts about everything that's going on. I know Black Lives Matter is what everybody's talking about. And we've seen this issue come on and about on Twitter. We've seen the the amount of comments and the anti-police rhetoric. What are your thoughts on like the Black Lives Matter movement? Is it something that is good moving forward? Is it bad? What are your thoughts on it? Are there some other issues that we should be focusing on? I believe, like all movements, Black Lives Matter has several... I wouldn't say the entire movement is being co-opted by, by wrong, wrong parties, but I do believe that certain aspects of the movement excuse me, are like, you see this with the, you know, the Occupy protests and, mm -hmm. you know, any other protests we've had in this country where, you know, some guy comes up with a sign that says, you know, blankety, blankety, the police. And then, you know, another guy comes up with that. And then those two guys are yelling out louder than everyone else. And so those people who are more, you know, quiet minded would, you know, stop talking and whatever, and let those other people take over the narrative of the protest. I think that's what's going to happen with this movement. I, I don't think that it's all, um, you know, bad politically. I think there are some things that they're advocating for that could be, you know, good for this country. I think some things they're advocating for would not be so good for this country. But I believe they, if they, if they really want to stick around and make meaningful change, they're going to need to be able to control their movement a lot more because there are some people who are in there right now who are advocating for it who they need to kick out. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who they need to invite in. Yep, and I, I think I totally agree with that, especially when when there's a push for certain things, but then like you said, like people come in and hijack a lot of the ideas and the and the principles right. of of the movement and, and what we're seeing right now. And especially with Antifa and a lot of these other organizations going in and, and you, and they're using this as like, Hey, this is our chance to defund the police. We're going to abolish the police, like yep. creating this lawlessness in this country. And, and like we see is like, there's going to be this revolution and socialism and common eventual communism. And it's not good. And I know it's like, we get into these, these different things on Twitter. People get into arguments about police officers and, there's this thing, it's like a, you're, you're targeting and demonizing a group of people that the majority of the time are doing their doing a job, and look, when we look at the numbers, it's, it's such a small it's percentage. It's not going to help you to it, do that either. Like That's what they don't understand is when, it, when we as Republicans say, you know, some of us will say all Democrats are bad, and I don't agree with those people who say that, but I mm -hmm. do believe the people who say the social justice warriors are not a good faction in the Democratic Party, but that's not what some of these people in BLM are doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's interesting to see is like you said, it's like we have all these people that are in there's, there's people like there's so many groups that are starting to intertwine with the BLM movement and it's not reflecting the ideals. I think it's like if, if you have grievances and you think that, and I think there's some good things that can come out of this. I think there's certain, there's some good news. It's like, Hey, if, if we can spend more money and start to reform certain things to make, our police officers better, stronger, and and better at their job overall, then I think that's a good thing. But coming at it with I think we should just cut it all out, it's like, no, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's right. And you know from history that doesn't usually end well when you cut a whole no. when you cut a whole police system out 
and and you expect the community to come around and i think like i you've probably heard you've probably heard about the they want to bring in different people like uh social workers to come in and replace police officers when so you don't... social workers are going to need guns if they want to protect themselves in some of the situations they're going into yep and the second amendment i know with gun control and it's like hey we want to take but it's like oh wait so you're kind of in this little mix of like oh okay so do you want to do you want to take away guns or do you want to take away police officers and i think when you come in and you say hey we're going to defund the police altogether and i know i took some took some heat on twitter but i'm like hey it's like these police they're protecting protecting us the american people from and if they're not they need to be fired and replaced with people who are willing to yep exactly and and you said it's like to say all cops are bad i think it's just you you got to look at the numbers it's like the amount of different things it's like all deaths are sad and they're and you're saying But when you when you start labeling a group like this, you don't get really really good results. And and, you, and no. what we see is we I mean, you probably are very familiar with the Ferguson effect. You're pulling cops out. Cops are being more hesitant when they come into situations like this. And now you're getting you're getting cops uneasy in certain situations, and that's not what you want. You want your cops to be coming into a situation confident. And we've seen all these different things where it's like there's this retaliation factor or different things. And I'm not saying any of the George Floyd. I don't think any of that was justified. The knee on the neck for all those minutes. It was such a tragic death. And I, and I think you would have to agree that most Americans agreed on that. I, I would say yeah, 100% of Americans I agreed. That, that that was not right. And everybody was in agreement. Yeah. But then they take that and then they apply that to the Atlanta shooting where I'm, I'm not saying that it was just, it was right that the guy got shot, you know, for mm-hmm. grabbing the taser, but you, you got to know it's common sense. You don't just grab somebody's weapon uh-huh. unless, you know, you know, you're going to get it and you are justified in grabbing the weapon. Like if you're, let's say if you're being attacked by a criminal, right? Uh-huh. Some guy in the street is just, you know, attacking and you grab the weapon, you shoot him. Everyone will say, okay, you're justifying that. But going after an officer of the law, like this guy knocked down two other guys, I believe, two other police officers and grabbed a taser and pointed it at, at the officer. Uh-huh. That's not, that's not justified. Yep, and I know he came, he punched the officer, and then there was another opportunity where he, like he said, he t- tried to take the weapon, and then he started to run, and I think he'd still be alive, but I don't think if he, if he were to turn around and put it, put in a taser, and I think you put yourself in that policeman's shoe, what are you going to do if somebody's pointing a taser at you and trying to harm you to get away? And I, and it's, and it's interesting. You look at the the records and, and it's like, Oh, it's like this guy had another DUI. He had been, he had served some time in prison. And I think it's like, wow, it's like there's two different circumstances when you're looking at different, different things. And I think like you see with the, with, with the left is there's no, the facts don't really matter. You can give as many facts and statistics as you can, as you want, but you're never, they're, they're never going to be appeased with that. And well, not only that, they don't care. Like They don't this, care, this is, yeah. This is how it goes with, with a lot of people. They don't care about what the facts you give. Like, you could give me, you know, oh, well, let's just say for the how old the Earth is. Oh, well, we know carbon dating. We know this. We know that. We know this. We know that. And I'll say, no, I believe the Earth is 4,000 years young, you know. And there's nothing you can tell me to change that because that's what I believe and that's, you know, ingrained into my you know ideology there's nothing you can do to change that that's how just that's just how some people are going to be yeah and it's and you can bring data and data and data and facts and it doesn't and like you said it doesn't really matter because people are they're hard in their ways and i think like me and you having this conversation is a good example of what we need to see more of 
It's like you can have differing opinions on different issues and and different things, but it doesn't need to be everybody's demonized now if you don't agree with it. And we see that. It's like, okay, well, if you don't agree with me, I'm going to start calling you names. Like, that's going to solve anything. That doesn't, that doesn't win you over. Like, trust me, if you're going to just, like, that's, that's the thing you go to last. If you're going to make, and and that's only if you're going to kid around with somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, that, you don't, you don't just take out the racism card on somebody after they say, unless it's something that you can, that anybody would agree would be racist. Like, that's, that's not going to win you any, any arguments. Yep, and and it only dilutes the word, and when you use it, right. and and then the people that are actually racist are like they're they're underneath, they're waiting, they're like okay, and and what we're seeing is like what we see is like the Antifa and all these things. We see the amount of police officers and the amount of deaths and the amount of people that have been that are dying through all these protests and the riots, and it's like okay, is this really? Are we really looking at the main issues? Like, are we really looking like Planned Parenthood? Why are three hundred thousand? black babies aborted each year why are we not talking about this it's not it's not even a, it's not even even a conversation you'll see on cnn fox news any any news outlet you don't really hear it. you'll hear it on fox news but you won't hear it on any of the mainstream media or not talking about that and we see this cancel culture you've seen a lot of it every day there's a new thing that's canceled if it's a celebrity right. a movie a book and it's like oh my gosh like i think everything's like okay it's canceled and today we saw aunt jemima that's canceled now and what's going to be next and I know, I know my dad uses the phrase. He's like, yeah, we're, we're just burning the books. Like we, I know you saw Paw Patrol, the New York Times piece on Paw Patrol. Yes. And it's like, whoa, a kid's show about a police dog. Okay. Um. There, was, there was a video I saw last night by a YouTuber I follow named The Critical Drinker. And he's, I think he's uh, European. I don't know if he's British, Irish, or Scottish. I don't, I don't know exactly. But he said, he, it was called Why the Ass Matters. And basically... What he said was bringing it from a uh, cultural aspect. We need to see what we bet we, we came from. Like that's a very you know, Republican talking point. No, it's it's just common sense. If you don't remember that your nation literally divulged into slavery after you deposed, you know, the Democratic ruler, what's going to stop you from going right back down that path? Yep, and and I think that's the biggest thing is there's this they want to delete history they want and it's and there's certain things there's just certain facts that aren't they aren't comfortable you don't want to look at them like they're just they're Mm -hmm. out there and when you see them it's like sometimes it's just it's it's not convenient it's not convenient truth because it doesn't like the fact that that Planned Parenthood was founded to basically control the black population Uh uh-huh that's and if you bring that up people will just call you oh you're just you're just excusing something or whatever, and it's it's like no, you gotta you gotta read your history. Like it's, some things it's, the it's Republican there. Party did aren't okay, and you know, uh, I'd say a lot of us would probably say we accept that, you know, but we moved on from that. But then if you bring that up about the Democratic Party, they'll say, oh well, well this and that, and and it doesn't add anything to the conversation. Yep, and you look at you look at the voting records, and I know there's there's bad in both parties. You're not going to have perfect people, and it's because we're broken humans. That's Amen. that's that's the that's the basis of our our country. It's like our making a document that was amendable, and we saw even with the voting records, it's like when you look at the Democrats' voting records, what was it? What was the support on the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth amendment? What was wasn't what, it zero? It was zero. And then when you look at the nineteen sixty four Civil Rights Act, there was no support there either. 
And more Republicans voted for that bill than there were Democrats. And, and Barry Goldwater voted against that. And people will say, oh, well, that just makes him racist. His reasoning for voting against that particular bill was because he believed that that enshrining all that, the, all those laws into, you know, our American um, tradition, I guess you could say, it would turn the government into a more tyrannical system. It wasn't a, it wasn't an argument based on race, which is what some of people, even probably probable historians, would try and tell you. Mm-hmm. It was based on small government, which is basically what conservatives believe. Yep. And what we but saw, we and we saw the expansion. We don't get that. Oh, and I was going to say, and to add on to that, I was like, we saw the expansion of of our government through LBJ and the Great Society Act, and we saw yeah. the amount of people. We saw single motherhood go up when you can replace the father figure. If you're a single mother, we're going to give you a check, and we keep people in this cycle of poverty. And when you make that government bigger, you get people dependent on that government, and then, like you said, Planned Parenthood coming into play. And, and you're cutting it, and it kind of sucks when you look at the numbers. New York, you're more likely to have an abortion in New York than to have a baby born. Like, the, that's, right. that's it's a genocide occurring in New York, but nobody's talking about that. And I believe I believe our education system is, is like you said, uh, at some point, giving us a certain narrative. And, and what, I, what I did when I worked at the University of Concerns, I, brought, I uh, ran a, a series of articles about Woodrow Wilson. And uh, it was at first it was really just a rag on Woodrow Wilson, just because I was listening to a book about his presidency and it was talking about how bad his Latin American policy was. Mm-hmm. And so I started that and I thought, wow, this is, this is really embarrassing to, to know. And then it got further into it and it went into World War One. And that's where I learned not. And, and I'm saying this because I didn't learn this from my classroom. I didn't learn this from. American history, uh, from world history. I didn't learn anywhere else in the American school system. I had to learn this thing on my own. World, uh, Winston Churchill, right? Not Winston mm-hmm. Churchill, I'm sorry. Woodrow Wilson, they have a W in their name. After we left World War I, not only was he only caring about the League of Nations, which was not the most important thing in the, at, our, at the moment yep. in our nation, but not only that, we went into a depression after World War I. Like a depression, like a literal yep. bread, the yep. price of bread skyrocketed mm-hmm. and nobody talked about it. Yep. I remember the league, the league of nation, Wilson's 14 points and all this stuff would eventually would be the United nations. And yeah, it's there's certain things you just don't talk about in history. And I wish our education system, that's kind of where my heart's burning is to get into the education system because it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat left or right. Uh, believer, non-believer, it's just these are some of the things that we had to have to look at in our history and we have to accept. It's like, this stuff wasn't good. It wasn't, and there's some stuff that was really bad. And it's just like, how can we, how can we move forward? That We can't have progress if we're always continuously going, okay, we're just going to be stuck in the past in this continuous cycle. And, and I'm glad that you, and you brought that up is like, I know you're a history writer and yeah. and I, I think you probably see it, like you said, in your U.S. history classes. Why aren't we learning about these things? And I think yeah. what, you, what you're doing with politics now is a good way to get out and inform people on it and, and to show, yeah. hey, so, hey there's, there's stuff out there. You just got to search for it. And really, like you said, it sometimes takes an extra few minutes to hit, hit up Google or any of our search engines 
and just go, okay, I'm kind of curious. Let me look into it more. And that's how you, and that's how you, you learn, you learn how to learn on yourself because you can only learn so much in the classroom. And I think it's, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Peter, I know we're closing up here and on about 30 minutes right here. Uh, I don't know if you had any closing thoughts. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to mention. I think that this is your time. So my job at politics now is basically to reach out to people and get them interested or excited about either reading or writing or, you know, doing whatever else. Like that was the cool thing about your show was that I uh, saw you guys on Twitter and then I was like, oh, okay, some little, you know, small Twitter account seems interesting. And then, you know, I saw your first, one of your episodes. I'm like, man, this seems legit. So, um Anyway, but, <laughs> hey, you but, got you hooked me in. I'm I'm full in the the politics now circle now. So it's yeah. Uh, so it's, but um, if you're interested in writing um for our website, it doesn't take too many things. All you have to be is over 18 because you know we don't want 14 year olds writing for our website because let's just say some of them don't know what you know facts are. <laughs> yep. Uh, but also, you have to be respectable in your opinion. You can't just be saying, "Oh, Republicans and Democrats are all racist." You know, you can't you can't do that kind of thing on there. You get you have to keep your language and your articles clean, unless it's a quote, and and by and whatever else is, you have to have good sourcing, and that's it. If you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, if you're a socialist, if you're a communist, if you're Karl Marx or Woodrow Wilson, let's just say. Yep. Come on over to Politics Now and submit an article, and we'll have it for review. Yep, and I can attest to that. I know you guys are really welcoming on different opinions. It's like we got people yeah. libertarian, we got people on the left, and I think you have to have that dialogue. And I know we're going to have some people coming up on our show that want to want to come on and, and have a discussion. We're we're not going to agree on everything. We're not going to no. be perfect. There's that's what, what what our country is supposed to be about. We're supposed to come in. We're supposed to have dialogue. That's what and, the human condition is about. Exactly. And and we're, we're seeing now it's like, come on, come over to politics now. If you really feel you have this burning desire to write and just to have your opinion out there and to have it published, I think it's a great thing, especially more now than ever. And, and it even helps people learn like, oh, I'm really interested on this topic. Well, I got to write an article. When you write an article, you're doing a lot of research. You're looking at different yeah. sources. You've got to you're at, OK, this is what I got to do to support my opinion. And then you're putting yourself out there. And I think that's a good thing that you're doing over there at politics now. But yeah, yeah, Peter, I just thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. I know we've been talking about doing an interview now for the last like month or two, and we had Matt Zapon on here. So now we have the other part of politics now back on the show. And I know I'm, I know our listeners are going to be really excited. I think about this interview. I just think the more we get, the more we have more dialogue and it's like, you're out of Michigan. It's like, we're, we're out in California. We're going to see things probably at a different, different, different viewpoint. And it's really, it's really good to have this dialogue. So I I appreciate that you came on the show. If you um if you guys want to follow either me Matt or uh, politics now I'm not saying your Twitter handle because you guys will probably do that at the end of the show yourself but um, politics now it's just <clears throat> the at symbol then politics now blog uh, N O W is in all caps um, <clears throat> excuse me my uh, Twitter handle is at real Peter Moon uh, just like the president and. <laughs> And Matt Zupan's Twitter handle is at Matt Zupan. Awesome, Peter. Well, it's great having you on. Everybody that's listening to the show, make sure to like, subscribe, so you don't miss another episode. And Peter, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, thanks, man. Wow, it was so great to have Peter Moon on the show today. 
If you guys like the interview and you guys want to see more of it, please reach out to mattchan at gmail.com and you can be on the show. You, the person listening to this right now, it is a great opportunity to be able to get your voice heard and that is one of the missions of this show. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, right or left. We want to make sure you're on the show and your voice is heard. We may not agree on everything. We may not like some of the things that we talk about, but it's about having that dialogue that we don't get to see on college campuses now. And that's what that's what our politics are. We need to be able to discuss tough issues and really get to the bottom of it. And we might have some agreements that we didn't even see that we, we had. So make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss another episode of the Matt and Chan Show. We'll be back Friday, and Chandler will be back in the studio, and we will be ready to rock and roll. So we'll see you guys then.